Hello, and welcome to People of the Pod, brought to you by American Jewish Committee. Each week, we take you beyond the headlines to help you understand what they all mean for America, Israel, and the Jewish people. I'm your host, Manya Brashear-Pashman. This week's episode was recorded earlier this week in front of a live audience in Tel Aviv at AJC Global Forum 2023. But please stay tuned for some additional thoughts and reflections on the conversation at the end of this episode. Today, on the AJC Global Forum 2023 stage, we will record the first of two special episodes in front of a live audience here in Tel Aviv. With me on stage today are two extraordinarily courageous women whose lives were turned upside down on February 24th, 2022, the day Russia invaded their home country of Ukraine. They packed up what belongings they could, left behind their lives, their fathers, and started to rebuild here in Israel, a country they never expected to call home. Diana Bookman and her two sons, ages nine and 10, lived in the seaside city of Odessa, Ukraine, For some time, she ran a Jewish orphanage, as well as one of Ukraine's hottest nightclubs. Her first husband wanted to make Aliyah, but she did not, and so they divorced. But when Russia invaded her home and she fled, like so many others, her plans changed. Diana and her sons now live in the Jerusalem suburb of Piskatzev. Margot Vidovichenko was living the ordinary life of a Ukrainian teenager in the capital city of Kyiv. Her mother married an Israeli citizen, and at the time, assured Margot and her brother that she would not join him in Israel until they were older. When Russia invaded, Margot, her brother, and her mother found themselves on an unexpected journey to the Jewish state. Please welcome Diana and Margot to People of the Pod. (laughs) Diana, I would like to start with you. When did you flee Odessa? And after originally declining Aliyah, how did you decide to come to Israel after all? The first moment, we don't believe, we till the end don't believe that it can start. And me as a principal of Jewish Volunteer Center, I want to stay and help people, old people, people with special needs. But my mother tell me all the time that now my job is to protect my kids and we need to get out from Ukraine. So we're going to the Romania and I think, where can we go? What we can do? And my Jewish clever mom said that only Israel is waiting for you. Mm. Only all over the world, you will be like refugees. Only in Israel, you will be the part of community. You will be the citizen. For the first seconds, you will be the part of this country. Mm -hmm. So I decided that, yes, it means yeah, I'm going to Israel. But what did you leave behind? All my life. I think I have a life probably much like yours. I have a lot of friends. I have a good job. I help people. All my life, I want to be an actress. And before the war, I started a career as an actress. I was on TV show. Everybody recognized me. I even make my stand-up show. I have a lot of friends. I have a real perfect life, and I left it all there. They're going to post some pictures on the sides here. I want you to tell us 
what we're looking at. These pictures were taken from inside a bus, and the people are saying goodbye to each other. Can you tell us who they are? And I'm curious, kind of, what's going through your head as you look at these pictures and remember those moments? Of course, I remember this moment, and yes. It is the parting time that we see my parents, and we go to a vacation. And this morning, we can't talk with each other.、Um, we only look to each other with the terror red eyes. And the parting words of my father was, "If it will be bombing, take your kids down on the floor and cover them." And it really helped because when we were in Romania inside before. It started a bombing, and I take my kids down, and that was the first time that they understand that it is a real war, and they afraid, and me afraid. I think that this is the finish. But there on the floor, I remember all story of my grandmother about the Holocaust, and realized that I am not in the same situation. I have Israel, I have hotel, I have people support, I have suitcase, I have phone. So I need to stand up and be brave and take my kids to the safety place. Thank you for taking us back to that moment. I know that was really challenging, Margot. We also have a picture from you from your journey as you fled Kiev. Can you describe what you saw along the way and why you thought to take a picture of this? Well. On the picture, we can see the main and the central road in Kiev. This road was used by many people to go to work, to go to the city center, to go to school. I was using it every day to go to school for about five years. And this military equipment was left on the streets of Kiev, on the roads of Kiev, when Russian forces were advancing really rapidly, according to their plan to take Kiev as fast as they can. According, like the plan's name was Kiev for three days. That's why, as a result, they failed and they left a lot of military equipment, cars, tanks broken on the streets. And this is a really bright example of it. This place is located really next to my home, where I've been for a while, and it's really hard to see this road so empty because it's usually crowded and many cars because everyone is going somewhere using this road. Must have been really stunning to see this. Can you describe the life that you left behind in Ukraine? I think, as everyone who left Ukraine, they left a lot of things there. First of all, I left some members of my family. For example, my dad. He is still working as a surgeon in a Kiev hospital. He is working there during the whole war time. He is helping people, saving their lives. But I really miss him, and I don't have an opportunity to see him. I know for how long. But I've also left our apartment. That gave me a huge feeling of comfort and of. Warm and cozy, as and of course my family that I really miss. They're、mm-hmm. still there. How have you adjusted to your new life here in Israel? My life changed a lot when I came to Israel. First of all, I came to school.、Uh, it's located in Tel Aviv. I made there a lot of new friends. I made friends even with people from Russia. It was Big challenge for me to have these friends, but they're really great people, and I'm really happy that they're in my life. 
We started our youth here. So my social life began here. We started hanging out somewhere, going out and so on. In Ukraine, I can't say that I was really socialized, but I still love this cozy and warm place. Your, your youth began here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> AJC sponsored plane loads of Ukrainians seeking refuge in Israel. And I remember having a conversation with our AJC Jerusalem director, Avital Leibovich, who reminded us that people come to Israel from all over the world seeking safety. Do you feel safe here, Margot? Growing up in Ukraine, it was exactly another situation. Like, I've been growing up in a very calm country with no actions, and I can say I wasn't feeling like I'm in danger. That's why when I came to Israel, it changed a lot, because I had to understand that some streets can be dangerous for some times, and terroristic attacks can happen, and also rockets can fly from the sky. So many countries which are near Israel can attack all the time. So we need to understand that we should think more about our safety. But I can say that here I have a huge feeling of being safe. I think it's because of great job of military and security forces which are protecting Israel citizens all the time. So we are not living in hat like we are during the war. So we don't feel it. And I'm really grateful that they do their best. Diana, you're at a different stage of your life. And you're a mother of two, with not just one, but two careers behind you. I'm curious how you've adjusted to life in Israel, what you found rewarding, what you found difficult. First of all, I want to say that if you are in trouble in Israel, you don't feel yourself alone. Everybody stand up and help you. And I feel it so much because when I rented the apartment, it was without nothing. And I don't understand how to furnish it. And within a few days, people say to people, and bring me everything. I have everything. Three days, I have everything what I need. I even have a dry machine, which I never think that <laughs> I know how to use it. It's an amazing country, but it is difficult for me to start all over and to work and to work as a mom and study in Ulpan. I have no time for make a friendship, for a real friendship. And in Odessa, I was somebody, and here I am nobody. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I'm so glad you added the yet. <laughs> That's very important. How have you adjusted to... The different rhythm of life here in Israel, I mean, the slower pace approaching Shabbat, for example. I'm curious, how has that adjustment been? How has it changed your lifestyle? Here, you feel all the magic of this land. The first months I live near the Kotel, I pray every day because I don't have meaning of my life, what next, what I need to do. I can't like live and all the day I pray near the Kotel and I have an answers. And wow, it's amazing. It's easy to keep a Shabbat. Everywhere is kosher. Wow. We have three, four restaurants, few shops. And here I can eat everything and don't think, oh my God, Hashem looking for me. <laughs> and, and what about Shabbat? You, you, you even can't go out. If you even don't want to keep a Shabbat, you can get out because everything is closed. <laughs> 
And my first Yom Kippur was amazing. I never see like all the people, no cars, all the people going through the city and walking everywhere is people, nobody on phone, nobody on cars. It's like Mashiach come really. Mm. <laughs> Mark, that's wonderful. Margo, as you said, your father is a surgeon still in Kiev. Do you plan to go back home as soon as it's safe? Yeah, my dad, he's working as a surgeon still, and I really miss him. And as soon as possible, when the war ends, I'd like to go home to visit my family, to visit my friends, to see my dad finally. It would be great. But talking about plans, I'd like to stay here, to continue my life here, to get an education here, to become a doctor here, and to continue keep in touch with people which I met exactly here. So Kiev has always been my home, but it seems like Israel became the second one. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you both so much for sharing your stories and your journeys. And thank you for joining us here at Global Forum and on People of the Pod. So thank you. <laughs> One of the challenges of hosting such a tender conversation live is not being able to say what truly comes to mind in the moment for fear I might be overcome by my own emotions. So I just want to take the time now to tell Margot, I'm so happy that Israel has given you a second chance to reclaim your youth. Enjoy. And I want to tell Diana... She is certainly not a nobody, and I am sure her two sons, who were seated on the floor of the center aisle in Tel Aviv earlier this week, looking up at their mother on stage, I'm sure they would agree. You will one day have that career of your dreams. Keep sharing your stories, both of you. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by AJC. Our producer is Atara Lakritz. Our sound engineer is TK Broderick. You can subscribe to People of the Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or learn more at ajc.org slash peopleofthepod. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the positions of AJC. We'd love to hear your views and opinions or your questions. You can reach us at peopleofthepod at ajc.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to tell your friends, tag us on social media with hashtag peopleofthepod, and hop on to Apple Podcasts to rate us and write a review to help more listeners find us. Tune in next week for another episode of People of the Pod. 